How are you, church? Are we good? All right. It's beautiful out. Last weekend was amazing. For those of you not here, worship was... We did something we've never done before. We had an extra extended, extended, extended time of worship at the, the end of the service. That was just so profound and so beautiful. God did something amazing in that time. But last week I had the chance to speak to us about the art of lingering. How to learn how to live a life that's not just a life of highs and lows, but a life that looks more like a rhythm where we pause and we take these moments to spend time with God, to hear from God, just to sit in his presence. And of course, whenever I have the chance to speak about something like that, I end up running into countless opportunities to exercise it immediately, right? Not just on Sunday, but then I think the first thing I did when I got home, I was so hungry. <laughs> I know, this is so profound. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so hungry and I turn on the oven and you have to preheat the oven and I'm like how slow is this oven oh my gosh really like it's newer I just want it to work I want it to hurry up and then sitting there and I'm waiting and I'm like dude are you kidding me how long is this thing gonna take I'm like oh yeah I could spend this time instead of being all angry about our oven and the fact that it works it's a good oven but that's not working yet. All right, God, I could talk to you, I guess. And then I put in the food, and then, of course, there's that whole waiting period as well. And I'm like, oh, it's just back-to-back. -back. It was like I was in a boxing match, and I got hit like with a right and then a left. I was like, all right, multiple opportunities. Um, then we went to Anne-Marie, and I went to Berkeley this week to this, this restaurant that we like. And we walked up. We actually went early. It was earlier than they opened. So we kind of waited for a moment. And then we're like, well, let's get a coffee while we're here. And, We'll be right back. We showed up. It was like three minutes after they opened, and there's a line, like, out the door, around the place. Are you serious? Like, we drove all the way out here. We got here early. Thought we'd get a coffee. I'm like, all these moments. All right, God. I'll be okay with this moment. I'll linger in it. And then the one that got me really tested me. I was on the phone with a, it was for a medical bill and you call, and you gotta go through all the prompts, and then you get disconnected. And then you gotta call back, and go through the same prompts, and then listen to the cheesiest music on earth, right? That's supposed to be soothing, but meanwhile I'm like, are you serious? I wasn't angry, but now I am. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> am I the only one? <laughs> am I the only one that gets this, this angry? Calm down, Craig, right? <laughs> not a rhythm. What a reminder, though, for myself. Like, that's not a rhythm. That's allowing my emotions and everything to be dictated by what's going on around me. Instead, if I just thought of, kept in my mind, like, lingering in just the fact that even while I was standing on hold or waiting on hold, sitting there, that God was with me in that moment. And we forget about all these moments, waiting in line while we're so angry and we pick up our phone, we start messing around with our phone, but our life could look like a rhythm and we could actually take advantage of that moment and talk with God. Or just be there, be present in his presence. There's a rhythm and a timing, right? 
We spoke about timing as well last week. There's a rhythm and timing. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, Scripture tells us that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Church, there is a time, there's a season, there's a period for all things. I think this is where we get this season word. Like a lot of us in Christianese, like the, you know, the language that only Christians use, and it sounds weird for anyone else that's new to a church. This word season that everyone always uses, I believe that this is where it comes from. A period, right? When God created the heavens and the earth, he created the sun and the moon. And remember, that dictated a day. It was morning, it was night, day one. God is a God of seasons. There's something to seasons. There's something to timing and a rhythm. There's a rhythm to all of this, a God-breathed rhythm. And now God does have his timing. And we see and we read that his timing is spot on. It's absolutely perfect. Of course, that doesn't sit well with us all the time, especially when we're waiting. (laughs) But God's timing is perfect. But if we get real for a second, there's a dynamic of God's timing that we don't typically like to speak about. It's not the fun one to talk about. Waiting. Ooh, the hush. Because you don't hear people too often like, waiting, I love to wait. Right? I don't think anyone in this room. I love to wait wherever I go. I love sitting in traffic. It's the best thing ever. I love taking ages to get wherever I'm going to be and be late, right? I love to wait. No. Never. Which is kind of why I guess it's somewhat intentional that we don't speak about waiting, right? A lot of times in church, we kind of brush over waiting because that's not the good stuff. Craig, get to the good stuff. I want to talk about God rewarding me and blessing and him answering prayer. I don't want to think about the waiting period that sometimes and a lot of times takes place, right? But see, our inability to wait has become our greatest challenge in life. I'll say it again, our inability to wait has become our greatest obstacle in the lives that we lead. Think about it for a moment. You ever taken a shortcut for something? I know I'm supposed to do it this way, but uh, it's going to take way too long. And I know how to get it done quicker. And we take shortcuts. We compromise or we settle with our decision making, right? It's not on my time, God. So like, I just need to pull the trigger. I need to make a decision. Finances. This is crazy. Usually don't go here, but like, we're going to talk about it. Why not? Debt. Why do you think so many of us go in debt? It's the inability to wait till we actually have the finances to purchase something. We need to have right now. Every single app we have, we hit order. Boom. Well, show me my order update, Amazon. Let me see if it's being picked right now. And let me see if it's being packaged for shipping. And let me see when it's being shipped. And right? Like you just ordered it and you're like, where's the dude? 
Where's the delivery guy? He's coming. It's sad by 6 p.m. tonight. It's like 6.04. Where is he? Same with purchasing. Like, it's crazy. If you look up statistics, like, right? I'm a geek. I looked up statistics on this stuff. Guess what time of day is like the peak hour for people to shop online? Someone? Five p.m. Nine thirty p.m. is like right in the middle. It's usually nine to ten p.m. And get this: companies actually build algorithms along with this because they realize people are fatigued. They're going to go to bed at night and they're trying to tick off everything in that list inside their head. I need to buy this. I need. Oh, I just need. To, I'm just going to go on Amazon. I'll just go on this website and buy it. Right. And why so many people go on right before they go to bed to purchase something. How many of you have done that before? Oh, I'm the only, thank you, three of us. We could all hang out in the honest Christian corner while the rest of you heathens like hang out on yourself. See how it is, right? See how it is. If we kind of fix our perspective back to scripture for a moment, we can all agree that when God has done things all throughout the Bible, he's never really been in a hurry. We talked about this last week. For those of you that would remember, Jesus was like never in a hurry. I swear he was Australian. Like if anyone, if you go out there, you will understand. He's like, oh, no worries. I'm good. I'll be there in a few days. He's sick and dying. It's okay. We'll be there. It'll work out. He's never in a hurry. If God was never in a hurry, there would have to be like, he would understand something with timing then, right? Yeah. If he wasn't in a hurry, he would have to fully understand and grasp time. I love how in Romans 5, 6, Paul says this in his letter to the church of Rome. He says, at just the right time, Christ died for us. He didn't say, and then there was, and Christ died. At just the right time. There's a timing. There's a rhythm. There's a sacred rhythm to life, to creation. At just the right time. See, waiting didn't concern God too much. That space in between... He wasn't really too fussed about it. Scripture actually labels this a principle. And what scripture refers to this as is the time period of sowing and reaping. Right? Sowing and reaping. And I'm going to read from James 5 for you. James 5, 7. James says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring Rains. Obviously, agriculture to them at the time was very familiar, but that still works today. We read that and we understand, okay, that makes sense to me. There's something about that. There's something about this sowing and reaping, right? The farmer has to wait uh, for his crops to yield, to come up, to grow. If we put it in current times, there is a natural occurring delay in between planting and harvesting. Can we agree on that? There's a natural occurring delay that takes place when you plant something and when it grows. 
Now, obviously, I'm not a farmer all of a sudden, right? And I don't know a whole lot about farming. No, no I don't. <laughs> but I do understand that you don't plant and harvest something in the same season. Like, that's one thing I understand, right? Some of you, you're like, oh, I already see where he's going with this. You overachievers. You don't plant and harvest in the same season. Think about a fruit tree, if you would. You don't go to, where do you buy, where do you buy seeds? Home Depot? There you go. I don't even know. Floor, floor grub. Floor grub, right? The ultra hipster, most expensive floral place in San Francisco. You don't go and say, today looks like a great day to plant a peach tree, right? Let's go, let's go. And I'm going to grab Amory. Let's throw our seeds into the ground, water it. I'm about to download this peach growing app. Just give me a second. This should show me like every movement, right? And then we're like, oh, it's not doing anything. And months later, it's not doing anything. We have a little item I want to bring up as well, a sunflower. Actually, Cece, can you help me out? Cece's going to help me out with this. Let's give her a round of applause. I'll hold the bag. That's a sunflower. That's a massive sunflower. It's almost as tall as Cece. <laughs> so, harvest. Here are sunflower seeds. Little did you, some of you realize that that's where those sunflowers come from. These seeds. There is a natural occurring delay from planting this into the ground as a seed it germinating, replanting, and then growing into that. We can't just buy this and can't go to the store and buy seeds, whatever flavor they may be, or at Home Depot or wherever. You can't just go and buy a seed, and because I bought the seed, because I sacrificed, because I paid for this, it's mine now, it should yield what I want it to. I bought this so that I could have that, right? because that's part of it. But what we want is, I paid for this, now give me this. Interesting, right? In the same way, we kind of do that with God. Thanks, Cece. Actually, we could give that to Karina. That's for Karina. Thank you. Does anyone like sunflower seeds? No one likes sunflower seeds? Come on up, grab it. Someone grab it. All right. You don't have a choice, whoever said that. <laughs> Deal with it. Sometimes God answers prayers not in the way that we thought he would. Right? <laughs> it's just the way it works. Okay, so this space, Salty, this space, reel it back in. This space, this waiting period, right? This space that we have to wait in, this natural occurring delay, it's actually expressed in the Bible in many stories. In fact, I'm pretty confident if you open scripture and you flip about to any book of the Bible, you're going to find a story that involves this natural occurring delay. In the book of Samuel, Hannah. Hannah was a woman that was married to Elkanah. 
And they would go to the tabernacle, into the church once a year to sacrifice to the Lord. And she would see every mother with all of their children every single year, year in, year out, year in, year out. And Hannah was not able to have children. So every year when she would go to sacrifice and praise God, it morally, you know, more or less ended up in being an emotional event because she was more brokenhearted than anything. It was like, God, I'm coming to rejoice and to praise you, but I'm reminded of this. I've always wanted a child. I've always wanted a kid, and I've been asking you, and I don't have anything. Until God answered and gave her a son. That very son was named Samuel, grew up in that church in the tabernacle, and he went on to become the most famous, influential judge in Israel. In fact, Samuel even anointed the young shepherd boy named David as king over Israel while Saul was still on the throne. Wow. The waiting period gets ugly sometimes, but God comes through. Abraham. Many of us know who Abraham is. The chart topping song, right? Father Abraham. Everyone know that? <laughs> Father Abraham had many sons. He had no, that was for free. He had no children, but he greatly desired this. And in fact, you got to get the shoulders going, Susan, right? He wanted kids, and then God promised him that his, like his, what's the word I'm thinking? Descendants. There you go. I'm only one coffee deep. Deal with me. His descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And Abraham, rightfully so, kind of would chuckle and like, how is this going to happen? I don't have kids, God, so like, is this like a spiritual parenting thing? Or like, what does this look like? And God spoke to him and said, this time next year, you're going to have a son. Well into his hundreds, him and his wife. Puts things into perspective, Right? When we're holding something against God for waiting a few weeks, we wait a month, we wait for whatever it is, right? Into his hundreds, and he finally had a child. Joseph in Genesis 37.50, not our very own Joseph, but similar, great guy as well. Um, Joseph, as a young boy, had a dream from God that he was going to lead well, he kind of got sold into slavery by his brothers, and that didn't work out too well. And then while he's in slavery, his master's wife falsely accuses him of something, and he's thrown in jail over a decade. He's in slavery and in jail. In all these moments where God shows up, but it's always like it falls short. But then God came through at the end of Genesis, we see that Joseph was elevated in Egypt and was a tremendous ruler and ruled as a God-fearing man. David, the king, great king, has written all the Psalms or most of the Psalms. We all know who David is. Well, by the time that David was anointed to be the king of Israel, it took 20 years before he actually became the king. I don't know about you, but that would be a tough one for me. You know you're going to be the king, it's been done. You've been declared king, and then you have 20 years of waiting. How many of us would still be sticking around to even rule on that throne? 
Spaces of waiting are all different. Some seasons shorter, some longer, right? Some more difficult than others. And others even more difficult than that and more challenging and even longer. And other seasons even longer than that. There's no dictating, right? There's no black and white to how long a season is going to be. How long that natural occurring waiting period is from when God speaks or we ask for something that we see the fruit of it. Amen? You with me? Yeah. This is good. Are you all with me? All right, I'm going to turn it up. i got to get going time-wise. Okay, so let's just call the elephant out in the room. Like, obviously, you hear this and you say, like, okay, there's something with timing and there's this whole thing with waiting. Well, like, try me. How do I do it then? How am I supposed to wait? What do I do? Glad you asked, Arlene, right? <laughs> I'm going to give you three practices to put into place. That's actually going to... It's not going to be black and white and change your life. What it's going to do is it's going to strengthen you in that space we know is waiting. Okay? So number one, if you're taking notes, number one, we're going to say that number one is recall. Recall what God has done in your life. Recall what God has been doing in your life. Recall what God is doing right now in your world. Numbers chapter 33, verse 2. Scripture tells us, At the Lord's command, Moses recorded the stages in their journey. In the people of Israel, the children of Israel, in their journey. At the Lord's command, Moses recorded. Why would God command him to write all this stuff down? Crickets. Well done. We forget. How many of you have been waiting and praying and, you know, like fasting and doing all these amazing things, waiting for an answer, and then it comes and it's great and you're celebrating and you're putting on Twitter and Instagram that God is good, I'm going to spin around, he's amazing. And then a week later, you're like, oh, life sucks. This is horrible. This is so hard. God, where are you? Where, where are you, right? Where are you in my deepest, darkest moments? Write it down. There's a similar situation that takes place in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a prophet that God would speak to and speak through to the people. Now, what's really cool about his book is he kind of has a whinge. He starts kind of complaining with God because he doesn't quite get all the evil and wickedness going on in society. So he's like, God, where are you at? Don't you see this? Look at all this stuff going on. And you're allowing this to happen. Aren't you everlasting? Aren't you good? Anyone else ever had a prayer like that? Where are you at, God? You're allowing this to happen. What's going on? Habakkuk 2.2. I'm going to read you in the message paraphrase. God answers him. He says, write this. Write what you see. I love this. Write it out in big block letters so that it could be read on the run. Like, I want you to write this stuff down so big that you could run with it and still read, right? How many people we see trying to walk through the crosswalk looking on their iPhone, tripping over everything? Because they're having a squint or look really hard, right? Like, oh, I'd, I'd be flat on my face. 
God's like, write it really big, right? Write it so big, big old block letters, whatever, do whichever you gotta do. Write it really big, okay? Write it on a wall, take a picture, do something like that. Write it really big so it's easy for you to see. It's right in front of your face so you don't forget. Is this good? Y'all with me? You could like get excited too about God's word. It's okay. I'm giving you license. Thank you. So what did God say? What did God, and for some of you that are actually going to go home and do this, I want to give you one that's helped Anne-Marie and I so much. What did God say first? Because you always want to go back to that. When the storms arise, when circumstance comes, what did God say first, way back when? That maybe you started to forget about. Maybe things have looked a little differently and you kind of forgot that. What did God say first? What is God saying now? God is speaking. We just need to linger long enough and listen long enough to hear. Amen? What is the growth that I've experienced maybe in the past year? What is the growth that I've experienced in the past few weeks? What is the revelation, the growth, and things that I'm learning from Scripture? What is God doing inside of me? Maybe you're doing something different. Like maybe all of a sudden, guess what? I'm waking up a little earlier and actually spending time in scripture. That's massive. Write that down. Write down that all of a sudden you feel refreshed so that in two months when you're exhausted and you start beating yourself up over the fact that you can't wake up and read scripture in the morning, right? You need to look back and say, look at what God did in me. I need to remember this. I need to recall this so it gets inside of me. Recall so you can remember. Amen? You're with me. All right, we're going to cruise through. Number two, everybody say renew. 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 Renewal of perspective. This is a choice. This is a choice. I personally have had to deal with this in the past few weeks. And when I sat down with somebody that's been so gracious in walking with me through something just so difficult in life, they told me, you actually have a choice now. We've done all the work we could do. Ball's in your court. I'm like, no, that's, it's in God's. God's big and he's got everything. And he's like, you got the choice. This is how he's created you. Renewing, like having a renewed perspective is a choice. And of course, like obviously this doesn't seem easy. But the thing is, is that I believe that these, this delay, this moment of silence, this waiting, whatever you want to call it, this desert season, whatever you want to put a name tag on it, call it that place, that space of quietness of waiting, so often we equate that with punishment. We equate it with that God is actually withholding something that God isn't fully good because I'm having to wait. And if God's a God and a father who gives good gifts, then why am I not having and seeing this gift right in my hand right now, right? So because of our natural experience, right, or what we have seen modeled in life, we instantly push this on God. And we say, actually, this is, this is God. He doesn't approve of me. He's not proud of me anymore because I'm having to wait, right? He's so disappointed in me. Or you know what? I just think God gave up on me. Maybe I was asking for too much. Maybe it wasn't realistic enough, right? Maybe he just gave, gave up. 
That is not true. That is a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell, actually. There's nothing further than the truth. God will never give up on you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. It says it all throughout his word. Just open it up and you will see. So in Daniel 10.10, Daniel has this moment. He's been praying for weeks and weeks. He's been praying, fasting, right? And all of a sudden, he has this encounter with a heavenly messenger. And you could debate who it was, if it was a pre-incarnate Christ, if it was an angel, whatever it was. Let's get past that. Daniel 10.10, and now the New Living Translation. I actually love the way that it communicates this. He freaks out. He sees this angel. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to die. Because everyone else does when, when I read about it in the Scripture, when they come face to face with God or something like this. I love what happens is that it, Scripture tells us that the, the messenger came up to him and it touched him. It instantly broke that gap of like, imagine all the fear and stuff and how we feel fearful when God is not around, but then a simple touch can completely just change that and disarm that. And he says, Daniel, you are precious to God. Starts the entire conversation, Daniel, you are precious to God. And guess what? When you prayed, he heard you. Three weeks ago, he heard you. And I am here as your answer. And he goes on to say, but you wouldn't believe this story. It's like, dude was running late. So he's like, for the past 21 days, the prince of Persia, I was battling him and I had to get Michael, the archangel, to come help me. Like, it's been crazy. Do you realize there's something going on here more than just in the natural? There's a spiritual element going on here as well, church. We can't just dismiss that. But what I want to go back to is these moments of silence, these moments of waiting, that God disarms it with a touch and with words that you are precious to me. Because I don't want you to think that this is something else. This is a natural occurring space. It's a natural occurring period of waiting. He reaffirms. It's like him saying, you are not alone. Your answer is on the way. This is why we have a choice to renew, right? We have a choice to renew our perspective and say, you know what, God, regardless of what it feels like, you're with me. Regardless of how this may look in this moment, you are in control. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of how I'm not seeing anything move in front of me, you still heard me. Even if other people have let me down and walked out on me and whatever it may be, you will not do this. And God, an answer is coming. An answer is coming, which is your final one. That's going to be rejoice. Rejoice, kind of self-explanatory, right? Rejoicing does something internally in our soul, right? It changes our outlook. It changes our countenance. It engages our faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is you believing for that answer when you don't see the answer. You got it now? I thought he wanted to take a picture of me. 
That is faith. God, I thank you because you are good. God, I thank you. I praise you. I rejoice because you hear me. God, I thank you because I am loved and I'm a son or daughter of the Most High God. God, I praise you because regardless of how things look and people might say things, an answer is on its way. Might not be the answer I want. Might not look the way that I thought it was going to look, but there is an answer, and I can rejoice in that. An answer is on its way. See, when we thanking God, we thank God after we receive it, right? What we're praying for, that's gratitude, right? When we thank God after we receive something, that's gratitude. But when we thank God before we receive it, that is faith. When you thank God before you see something, that is faith. And that's when faith is engaged inside of you. You know that God is going to do something. We have so much to be grateful for. We can rejoice because God is good and God hears us. Amen? Something shifts, family, when we recall, when we renew, and when we rejoice. We make those decisions to do that. It takes the pressure off of us. It takes the stress levels off of us. In Habakkuk, right after God told him to remember, write it down in big old block letters, God tells him this. He says, though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. Though it linger, though it's taking time, wait for it. It certainly will come and will not delay. God comes through Time, his timing is right. Amen. In Isaiah 48.3 in the New Living Translation, God says, I told you what was going to happen. Then suddenly I took action and all my predictions came through. I told you what was going to happen. And then suddenly, I hope that you get excited with this this morning. There's something in that word suddenly. Amen. That engages when we are, when our faith engages and we say that God, my faith and my trust is in you. All of a sudden, suddenly, something happens. All of a sudden, suddenly, suddenly, do a word search throughout Scripture, and you will have days of homework to do. Isaiah 60, 22, in the New English Translation, when God is talking about the future kingdom that is going to come, he said, when the right time comes, I, the Lord, will quickly do this. When the right time comes... There is a time, there is a, there is a rhythm to this all. When the right time comes, I will not just do this, I will quickly do this. You get that? Yeah. In 2 Kings 2.11, Elijah and Elisha walking down and they're walking, kind of skipping along the road. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses appeared and Elijah was brought into heaven. Luke 2. Shepherds are minding their own business, right? And suddenly, angel of the Lord appears to them on the side of a hill. Two verses later, suddenly, there's a great host of them singing. What the heck is going on, right? Suddenly, Acts 2, one of my all-time favorites, after Jesus is gone and Jesus has ascended, the disciples come together and they go into this upper room, waiting day by day by day by day, praying without ceasing, probably getting annoyed by each other, praying, praying, praying. And then what does scripture tells us? It says, suddenly a sound like a violent wind came from heaven and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all got I'm getting excited here. <laughs> Acts 12, 
The night before Herod brought Peter to trial, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell and his shackles fell off of him. Suddenly, because he was trusting that God is God. Suddenly, because he had faith. Come on, you can clap, that's okay. Because God is good, amen? Give God all the praise, he is worthy. Acts 16, Paul and Silas are in jail doing what? Rejoicing! Come on! They're in jail, like what? What? They're not there doing a visitation for somebody. They are the ones that need to be visited, right? They are in jail. And they are singing praises and hymns in jail. And what does scripture say? I'm going to give you one guess. Come on. Suddenly. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of prison were shaken. Doors flew open. Chains flew off. That is God. When our perspective shifts from what we don't have and what issue is going on and it goes to the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, something takes place and then suddenly we see an answer that we've been waiting for for possibly years. Amen? Suddenly God moves. God can turn things around in a sudden you are waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting and God answers you. You have lack provision. CC had this word earlier today. You have lack. You have a need. You have this. And you're waiting. And it's staring you in the face. And you see your bank account keep going down, down, down. God, how am I going to do this? God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pray? How am I going to live? God, come on. What's going on? And then God shows up. Suddenly. See, all this like agricultural research, pretty much I could, if like we ever choose to, like we could start our own house. I have like you know, floral thing, and I could be the botanist maybe, right? All this research I've done in the past week, I'm like, like losing my breath, you guys. I know, right? That was for you, Kat. Welcome back. So something I really found interesting about plants in the grass, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to invite the worship team on up, if you could come up here, please. Uh, this interesting species that we all know is bamboo. Now what's so intriguing about it and what really spoke to me is that bamboo is when you cut it and you plant it, there's this natural occurring delay, right? But a lot of people buy bamboo and they're like stick it in the ground like, grow, come on, I've read about you growing fast, do what you got to do. And then like a year later, two years later, they're like, rip this stuff out of the ground. Rip it out. I don't want it anymore. It's not even growing. It's not even doing all the stuff people talked about, right? Year one, it comes out and it grows to a height. Do you realize that the initial height that bamboo grows, it never gets past that? That's it. That's all you get. That's why people rip it out. But then the next year, it starts to sprout out even more from the roots, the root system. And that next year grows a little taller. That next year, taller again. And taller and taller. Do you realize that bamboo is one of the fastest growing plants on earth? That certain species of bamboo can grow up to a meter in 24 hours. Y'all, that's almost four feet in, in one day. You could just sit there and watch the thing grow. <laughs> One and a half inches per hour. And it could grow to full height in a span of weeks. 
I believe the season and the day that some of you are in right now, you're in that kind of bamboo phase of the first few years. You've given something a try and you're waiting and you're not seeing any fruit. You're not seeing any growth and it's not working out the way that it promised to be, amen? You're seeing this take place and you're wondering, God, where are you at in this? You're part of a church plant and you're thinking, God, when is this church plant going to bust open the doors? It should have happened already because that's what Instagram says so, (laughs) right? Or in your world, you see everyone around you, you start comparing and looking what everyone else has even though you don't know what they're dealing with behind the scenes. But you're seeing this and you're seeing this thing grow and grow and then it just stops. And you feel so devastated. But God is the God of suddenly. God is the God of suddenly. Because suddenly he can make that bamboo grow up to four feet almost, over three feet in one day. It's the strongest plant. It's stronger than steel. Has like, puts out 30% more oxygen than any other plant. Suddenly, suddenly, I have a gift for you. I'm going to invite Isaiah and Alex on up. You guys are going to pass something out to you. These uh, containers right up here in front of the two. Thank you. This is not a little token for coming. What this is, is this, I want this to serve as a reminder for you as it was for me when I was in preparation for this service. If you guys want to start passing it out, thank you to everybody. You'll see it. This is a little shoot of bamboo. Because I want you to put that in a place where you will see it. So that little bamboo will serve as a reminder to you that God is the God of suddenly. That when you're in a season and you're ready to give up on everything and just throw in the towel, that God is a God of suddenly and God can come through. In Galatians 6, 9, Paul says, Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give Don't give up. Don't compromise because other people in your world have compromised. Don't give up because other people around you are telling you to just move on and give up. Don't give up because church, although God may not be in a hurry, he will never be late. I'm just going to leave this mic on the ground. No. Don't give up. Don't give up. We recall, we renew, we make that choice to renew, and then we make that decision. What we're going to do right now as a family is we're going we're gonna to start with this third one. We're going to rejoice together. Does that sound good? Why don't we all stand together, and we are going to rejoice our God who is a God of suddenly, a God that all his promises are yes and amen.